Holly G with Golf Insiders. We're bringing in one of our big dogs today. He is there in Hotlanta, Georgia at East Lake Golf Club covering the Tour Championship and the finals of the FedEx Cup playoffs, the ultimate prize. And it's great to have Gary Van Sickle from SI.com this morning. Hello, Gary. Well, you're right about one thing. I am dogging it here. Is it a little warm up there, my friend? Well, yeah, as a Pittsburgher, uh, I'm not used to the... Steamy steam climate? Bath. Yeah, it's a steam, it was a steam bath yesterday. I, I played golf in the morning uh, twice, actually, and second time around, all of a sudden, the clouds parted, the sun came out, and within minutes, it turned into a sauna, and you're like, or, well, steam bath, and it was, wow, it's hot. And I was, time I got done, I was, I walked a nine-hole par three course second time around, and I was drenched. It's like, well, this is, this is what it's like to live in the South in August, which makes me ask the question, what's wrong with the FedEx Cup playoffs? I'll tell you, they go to Memphis in Atlanta in August. Why don't we go to there in, in, in November or go to Minneapolis and Wisconsin in August? That would be my options. Well, and uh, I know you're a little partial to Wisconsin, but nonetheless, I would say, uh, that would seem to make a lot of sense. Um, speaking of steamy, Xander Shoffley turning on the steam at the end of his round yesterday going birdie, birdie, eagle, bringing it home for a nice little 29 on the back nine and a 63 to come within two shots of Scotty Scheffler, who at one point, Gary, looked like uh, a walk in the park. He was at 1.7 shots ahead yesterday. Yeah, he, he was a touchdown ahead. I thought he should have gone for two points on that one, but uh, gone for the two-point conversion. The Yeah, it was looking like the, the Scheffler playoffs. And immediately you start thinking, well, what's the flaw in this format? You give a best player in the world a two-shot lead. I had start, you know, it's like I've been calling, I've been referring to this as the PGA Tour's head start program. Uh, you give the guy a head start, and he gets hot. And, you know, uh, I mean, after the first day, he'd already realistically knocked out half the field from competition, probably more than that. And yesterday he took out a bunch more guys because he he's taken it deep. I mean, it's almost down to Scheffler, Schaffler, and, and John Rahm and, you know, Max Holm is going to have to shoot another 62 if he wants to get in it. So I, it's amazing. They're just tearing up East Lake like there's nothing to it. But it's not that easy, of course. It's it's still the roughest hard, and the greens aren't that easy to read. But these guys are, you know, they're, they're soft because of all the rain they had uh, day before. And They're throwing darts. Same old story. Soft greens, they light it up. Well, I felt for Roger Maltby, uh covering the last group yesterday for NBC, having to say Shoffley and Scheffler. I think uh, he finally opted for Xander and Scotty. <laughs> that's yeah, a bit of a tongue uh, twister. That could that could mess with your mind. They're not. Either, yeah, I, I, I hadn't even thought about that. But you're right. And, uh, you know, in the evening, if you're re 
retelling stories at the bar, it would really be hard to get those two names straight. <laughs> Absolutely. So give me your uh, thoughts on the format, Gary. No, you're never one to not give your opinion, um, Mr. Van Cynical. But well, I yeah, know well, for I'm myself, I wish the... I still wish they would crown a champion of the tournament, the tour championship. Well, one of the problems, you, you know, too, I just did a, for SI.com, I do a thing called the ranking on Mondays. And I just, before this, I ranked the, the 10 best FedEx Cup finishes. Well, the two best were, the two best were the, number two was the year that Phil and Tiger split the titles. Right. Bill came from two shots back the last day and smoked Tiger by three to win the Tour Championship at a million dollars. And Tiger still won the FedEx Cup because he was so far ahead on points. And, you know, the, my, the, the highlight was I, re, I vaguely remember Phil trying to trash talk Tiger going, ah, I find you because he beat him. was like, yeah, I got the trophy. And Tiger's like, uh, yeah, but I got the check. And <laughs> And Phil's thinking, even when I beat the guy finally, I can't beat him. So that was one of the great ones, because you know, that was the ultimate. That's what they dreamed of. Yep. I mean, this whole thing was invented for Tiger and Phil, and they j- tried to rig the system to make sure with these points to make sure those guys would be in contention on the weekend. And we're still stuck with that. Um, but that was the second best one, and then the best one was a couple of years ago when, you know, trivia question, Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. But nobody cared because that's when Tiger came back and got his first win in five years and won the Tour Championship. And remember, he and Rory are walking down 18, and the crowd's busted through the gallery ropes. The ropes are going crazy, and Rory and Phil, uh, Tiger are looking back over their shoulder, like uh, kind of laughing, but kind of like we should walk briskly to stay ahead of these this, this mob. Yeah, it was so, sort of a it was sort so of a was, army yeah, moment. So yes, exactly, and. Oh, well, sort of like Phil at uh, Kiwa also, but the point of that was uh, that was you did have two. What's wrong with having two guys? So yes. Justin Rose didn't get a lot of attention. He got $10 million. He got over it. But uh, I, I, I wrote for years I was always opposed to those stupid points things. Uh, there was no way fans were going to keep track or care or play. You can't play along at home. It's too complicated. You know, I always used to say, you're standing on the 15 and you're waiting to hit, and meanwhile somebody else makes a birdie, and now your point total changes. So you weren't really in control, and it, it was hopeless. I thought they, for years they should just do cumulative uh, and give bonus points to whoever, bonus shots to whoever wins. So let's say, you know, you shoot 10 under par to win the first leg of the FedEx Cup. Okay, that's your score. And the next week, you shoot seven under, so you're 17 under. Uh, but if you win, you maybe get a seven-shot bonus, so you get to 24 under. And just add them up for all four tournaments. That You want somebody who's going to do the plate. Who played the best in all four tournaments? Exactly. But they weren't, they, yeah, they were never. But that was just a way to get around get around the fact that you didn't know what the score was. So <laughs> right. this new system, I don't like the staggered start. But... You know, as soon as they tee off Thursday, we know where everybody stands, which is a sure. huge improvement. Sure. We don't need Steve Sands and his chalkboard. And his whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whiteboard. Yeah, he's not a chalkboard. <laughs> we don't need that, and, and, you know, it's way better. But 
I don't like the staggered start. I, it's not right. Here's my new suggestion, and people have come up with, oh, why don't you just have match play for four guys in the last day or something? Why don't you just, when the, we get one through 30 coming to East Lake, why don't you give a bunch of money to those guys out then for where their position and give them, you know, like 60% of the bonus money or I don't know how you figure out the money, but give them a bunch of money for based on where they finished and then tell everybody, okay, now here's the tour championship or whatever. Let's go out and everybody goes out even and plays for it because no matter who's playing for $18 million, even if it's not the marquee names, you know, if you have J.T. Poston and Tom Hoagie in the last hole of $18 million on the line, their it's knees going are going to be, be knocking. It's going to be exciting their because of the money. Their knees are going to be knocking. And you don't have Phil and Tiger, Ron. I mean, who, who, you know, if you really wanted to get the two biggest names in golf, the two marquee stars in the in the final group on Sunday, I mean, who would it even be? I guess it'd be Rory and somebody, but Scheffler, Schauffele, Justin Thomas, Jordan Speed. You know, we we don't have these superstars right anymore without Tiger and Phil. We've got a lot of stars. So, I, you know, I don't think the system needs to be rigged to try to get those guys into there so that we get it. You could just, I think it's more interesting to let these guys go out and play, and look what an exciting first day we would have had with those guys shooting six foot Neiman and uh, who else shot 64 the first day? There were two 64s and a 65. I mean, that would have been a really exciting first Matt, round. Matt Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's right, Fitzpatrick. That would have been a really exciting first round of a tournament, except they were still, you know, how many shots behind Scheffler? They didn't really, they hardly, get, they only picked up one shot, so right. which Scheffler is, which was five or six ahead still, and you took all the excitement out of the air, and, you know, it's, it was a buzzkill. So. Exactly. Well, and if you don't think these guys want to win, uh, you know, remember, what was it, 2017, when Justin Thomas won the FedEx Cup, but he lost to Xander, who won the Tour Championship, and JT was pissed. He wanted yeah. he wanted the trophy. He wanted the win. That's, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true, and I, I commend him for it. That's the kind of attitude Tiger Woods would have. You know, he always said second place sucked. And you don't think Tiger was ticked about losing to Phil in that year I talked about. Of course he was, but uh, he wouldn't go to let Phil know it. He was going to just take his $10 million and shove it in Phil's face. So there's there's pros and cons to, to both of those. I'm I'm okay with the way they're doing it now. I, I would rather forget this head start and just play from scratch all 30 guys. You played all year for the chance to come to a tournament where 10th place pays a million dollars. That's your reward. But you should all start out even and fight it out like men. And it's a shootout. To have a handicap. Yeah, yeah it's, a sh- it's, a, it's a shootout. Yeah. Go, go do it. And I agree. What a difference that would have made after Thursday's first round. Super exciting for sure. And, and different times uh, and a different place given how big the $10 million was back in the day when this started in 2007, Gary, the FedEx Cup. And now, of course, we have all this moolah being thrown at the players with the Live Golf. And rumors that 
possibly another seven are going to jump Sunday after the finals of the FedEx Cup. I want to get your thoughts on, A, where we stand with Liv, and, uh, you know, uh, still rumors that Cam Smith's going to go or that he's already signed. Uh, last couple days, Joaquin Neiman, uh, sounds like maybe he's getting some cold feet, but, you know, where where do you stand with all this? Well, uh, I was reading uh, Rob Aller of the Columbus Dispatch wrote something explaining why he doesn't like Liv because it's an exhibition series. And he's got, they said a lot of your, some of their stars are not very likable. Like he said, Sergio, Patrick Reed, and Bryson DeChambeau, they should all be on a, they, they should all be on an injury lawyer's, bill, injury lawyer's billboard. Um, and he said they, it's, a, it's a tour full of has-beens and never worse, for, for the most part. And that's not t- you mean, and that's, that's somewhat true. A lot of those guys, I mean, Lee Westwood says, look, I went there because I'm old and, you know, I do my kidding. You know, uh, I don't blame anybody for taking the money. I don't – it's hard – Somebody offers you ninety million dollars. Are you going to say no? Because ninety million dollars, it would take you—I don't know—take you ten really, ten that's ten really good years on the PGA Tour. You could make ten years worth of money in one year, or, or up front. I mean, why wouldn't you take it? Especially if you're exempt in the majors. Like, okay, instead of playing all the tour of PGA Tour events, which. You know, it's to a player, maybe they're all just events and they don't have that much meaning. Uh, you know, to us fans, they all have history and tradition and all that. But So you trade off playing, you know, 10 of those meaningless events to you and play 10, 10 or 12 meaningless live golf events. And you're guaranteed money and you get this money up front. You'd be, you know, unless, unless you're a real, real uh, traditionalist, you're going to do that. I, I don't. They, where they went wrong was they all were trying to pretend they're not taking blood money and they're not. They're growing the game and all the excuses they had. You know, uh, David Faraday got hired away. He said they offered me a lot of money. Yeah, that's all you had to say, fellas. So I don't blame anyone. I, I would. I would do it too. I'm still waiting for my four-figure offer from Lev to go right about him. And, well, yeah, how maybe, about, maybe maybe even a three-figure offer would be good enough, you know? Or how about so, one of those guys taking that big, fat, upfront bonus, Gary, and putting where their money where their mouth is, and, like, donating that to the first tee or, you know, the PG Junior League? You want to grow the game? Where, where's, where's, all, where's all the money going, guys? How, how about some of that extra moolah going to one of these organizations well it's a whole other topic but show me anybody who's actually successfully grown the game yet i'll I'll buy your bar i there's a lot of talk about it but i don't know anybody who's really doing it successfully they get people in their programs but then as soon as the program's over what happens so i I don't know that there's really uh you know I'm, i'm stretching i'm exaggerating to make a point but well and who would have what? thought let's let's take that one step further who would have thought tee, the first tee isn't even about golf anymore that's like fifth on their list of priorities they're not growing the game of golf they're edu- it's like the new 
they're educating kids, which is great, but they're not growing the game of golf. Well, and who would have thought a pandemic would have been the thing that really a turned the tide? A pandemic that saved golf. It's, inc- it's, the story right? of the, it's the story of the decade. It is. Well, and get back to your question, I, I don't really have, I don't have any insight, though, about who else is going to jump ship. But, you know, Cam Smith, okay, he's kind of a loss because I love watching him play. Um, love it. Every, every tourist who goes to the old course from now on, when they get to 17, they're going to put a ball down and try to putt it around the road hole bunker to see if they can do it. Hmm. That's, that was a shot for the ages. Absolutely. And I love the mullet, I, you know, but he's not like, a superstar personality like Phil or right. Tiger or anyone. He's, he doesn't have a lot of personality, but he is recognizable because of his mullet. And being recognizable is you know, half of being a star. So he is a little bit of a loss. He's the player's champ. He's the Open Championship uh, winner. And that's but, part of this new the new uh, player's impact program, Gary. You know, they've changed some of those rules. But, you know, part of it, is a popularity contest. It is about fan recognition. Yeah, he, he's rec- he, he's he's a brand, but how many fans does he have? A huge following in America among fans? I don't really know. That's that's the issue with who who else is going to jump? You, you know, who else would who can you name that the tour would really can't afford to lose? Where you'd go, oh, no, not him. Well, there's Roy McIlroy. Okay, he's not going, but he's the reigning star. Scotty Scheffler? Uh, yeah, he's he's a good player. Tiger? Jordan, Jordan Spieth? Ty, well, Tiger's retired. Phil's gone. Uh, you know. Well, Tiger, 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 could have played, t- Tiger could have played a few limited events. They were, you know, we know they were throwing out some big numbers. Yeah, Tiger's not going to play the 20 events required to get the pit, the pit money, so he's he's out of that one. Uh, it's just that the tour doesn't have anybody. Justin Thomas, you know, Cameron Young. I mean, they're all. I don't want to say they're all replaceable. Spieth and Rory are probably the two biggest names that people that the public loves. Justin Thomas, everybody knows his name. I don't know if he's got a huge, you know, maniacal fan base. Uh, if he went, that'd be disappointing. But I, the tour doesn't have superstars. They got a lot of stars, and they have enough stars where everybody's replaceable. You know, Cameron Smith goes. Well, he's not going to win the Players' Championship next year. Somebody else will. You'll have a new Players' Champ, and he'll be a big deal. Maybe Max Homa wins five times next year and becomes a – somebody else is going to fill in, and they will keep winning tournaments and become stars, and that's how that's how the PGA Tour goes along. I don't think there's going to – even if there was an announcements of who else is leaving, I don't think it's going to be anybody big enough where you're going to go – I think you're actually going to be, oh, well, no, no loss, he's replaceable. Whoever it is is going to be replaceable. So, do you feel the tour has appeased the players, gone far enough? Uh, were they a little late in all of this? Some people saying, oh, you know, they're copying Liv. What? Well, 
they're talking about smaller fields, limited fields, and big money. And initially, they aren't going to be smaller fields, but, you know, check back in two years and we'll see. Because maybe, you know, if they shrink some of these in, these tournaments to 78 players, then that's going to be turned into really a close shot. But we don't know yet. I, I think they have piece of players. I think they went above and beyond what they probably should have done to kind of thwart live. But could they have done it sooner? Yeah, they could have. But you know how organizations are. When you're sitting on a ton of money, you don't spend it unless you have to. And they waited until they had to, and, and now they're doing it. So uh, there's going to be a lot of unintended consequences of these to this thing. Uh, you can check out a story by Bob Herrig at SI.com about talking to the tournament directors of Honda and Valspar, and they're both saying, yeah, we're in kind of a tough spot. They've already elevated is the key word. They've elevated a couple tournaments around them. So Valspar is, you know, elevated sandwich. They're between the players and Bay Hill. Well, they're never going to get an elevated stature unless, because of that schedule. Yeah, unless, unless they were to move the tournament, which that's, you know, that's, that yeah, may be. they'd have to get a different date, and then they'd still have to try to get the elevated thing. The problem was, the, you know, the tour didn't, I mean, they're trying to get these guys to play together more. Well, they did that. They tried that with the World Golf Championships, and they got they they, you know, they succeeded in getting the players to play more to, against each other. But those four tournaments they created with the golf WGCs, so these guys, the top guys, show up for that. But that meant they all took four regular PGA tournaments off their schedules. So the WGCs was was a sticking a knife in the back of the John Deere Classic and the Valspar and all these other tournaments. You just made four tournaments, four more tournaments, more important than every all your other products. And now, with the elevated thing, you're going to take 10 to 12 to 15 of these. You're destroying the other. If you're a sponsor of one of the other tournaments, aren't you, like Valspar, aren't you going, well, you're killing it. What are you doing? You're killing us. What am I paying 12 million bucks a year for to, to, get, to, get, to have nobody in the top 60 in my tournament? You're killing us. So I think I think there there could be some real fallout from that down the road, and I I don't even really know if I understand what they're going to do with the fall schedule because they were talking about turning that into corn fairy playoffs, and I don't think the Sanderson Farms and some of these other fall sponsors are going to want to be spend that money to host the corn fairy players. So I, I think you're going to lose. I think you're going to lose tournaments. And sponsors and the fallout's going to go go down a long ways. I mean, you may lose a tour. I, right now, the European World Tour is really they're really sandwiched in a hard spot. They got to live stealing their players with money, and you got the PG Tour throwing all this money around. Anybody left in Europe, I mean, if you're a good player, why would you stay there? You got to come over and play the PG Tour, and it's really. This has really put a spotlight on that, especially since they've, you know, they've in essence partnered up the tour and the European tour. Yeah, they tried to, and and this is how the tour responds. And now, I mean, this is a real punch in the gut for the European tour because now they are really hurting. But they have this weird affiliation, so they've got the BMW PGA coming up. That's the big event. That's the Players' Championship, basically, of the, of the European Tour. And 
because of, because it's co-sponsored or whatever. Live guy, they're going to have 18 live players who are eligible to play in this, alongside the other guys that the tour is trying to you know keep away. So it's going to be a little awkward. But the European Tour most of this year, before their ranking point system just recently changed, they were they were only getting the minimum number of ranking points because their fields were so weak. And there, there, I could re- I could see this tour thing being a catalyst for the European Tour to say, we're dying on the vine here. Maybe we should make some kind of agreement with Live and make some of these Live events part of our tour because we got nothing. We're out of we can't find sponsors. Our purses are small. I mean, most of the European Tour events, the first prize is like three hundred and fifty thousand, four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, it's comparable to the LPGA. You're not going to be able to compete against the PGA Tour doing that. So the European Tour could go away, or I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a come to Jesus moment and cut a deal with with Live. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that's there's rumors about that happening. I'm just saying, looking at the picture, if I'm a European Tour, I might have to suck it up and swallow my pride and say maybe Greg Norman can save our tour but I don't know if that'll happen either they, they definitely have a problem well interestingly each of the live players will be docked a six figure fine but are not prohibited from competing based on the European tours rules and regulations well how are they going to collect that money if I'm a player I just say you can't do that I'm not paying it like not paying a parking ticket. I'm just not paying it. Not that I've ever not paid a parking ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will be interesting because we've got the Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, all who will be in the BMW PGA field as well. So uh, that will be interesting. Yeah, I think... They all know each other. I don't think it's going to be that awkward. I, we had the thing here with uh, Rory McIlroy being paired with Cam Smith the first two days. You know, Rory had called him, you know, a week or two earlier to talk about here's your options, here's the information, just so you know what's going on. And I don't, you know, Rory said, you know, if you watch him in those first two rounds here, they they were talking like normally. There was no animosity. I don't think there's going to be any animosity among most of the players, you know, I, I think everyone realizes this is, you, you took the money because, you, you know, basically because most of you guys, because you don't think you can beat us anymore or you don't want to work hard enough to try to beat us. It's like raising the white flag and surrendering. So that's fine. Go get the money. Taylor Gooch, what have you done? You won one event. Go, you got guaranteed money. Go for it. I mean, like, again, who doesn't want to make five times their current salary for half the work? I think where the, I think the guys, you know, the PGA Tour guys, for the most part, have all said they respect their decision. However, don't be looking to have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, that lawsuit is the, the, the thorny spot. They should not have also filed suit because that case is, you know, one notch about frivolous. It's going nowhere. Seeing some of the players drop out in that suit, take their names out because they realize, yep. uh, you know, 
uh, if they did any homework and found out who this lawyer is for the Lib Group, they wouldn't go anywhere within 20 feet of that guy. He's an ambulance chaser who files frivolous lawsuits all the time and never, you know, never collects on anything. So, yeah, the, the lawsuits, the uh, the only, but I, I don't. The media will make a big deal out of that, and you know, unless it's Patrick Reed or Brooks Kepka or somebody, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think it's going to be any different for the players on the course. It's just going to be, yeah, you took the money, we didn't, whatever. Let's go. They're, they're there to play golf. I don't think it's going to be a problem. But the media will, you know, certainly be looking for any kind of little chance to create a little controversy because that's fun. Well, like you said, the leaderboard has uh, pretty much spread out to, uh, as I look at this, Scotty Scheffler at 19 under, Xander's two, shot back, two shots back, John Rahm is six shots back, Patrick Cantlay, who we were hoping maybe would uh, go back to back, he's seven shots back, but, you know, Patrick's a guy that could go low. Uh, for both days, do you think is this a kind of course where somebody could post a high score Saturday or Sunday, Gary? What, well, what? right. Look, there was only there was I saw there were a couple seventy fours yesterday, but it seems like everybody's shooting sixty eight. Yeah, or seventy's a bad score. So here's the thing: six shots is doable in one round, but it's probably not doable when you're chasing Scotty Scheffler or, or Sander Shoffley. Six shots is doable when you're chasing Mito Pereira or, uh, you <laughs> or know, Gary Van Sickle or somebody. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. You're 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 six shots behind him. You know, you're, be, you're you got three of the world's best players in front of you. Well, all three of them are not going to probably be back up on a course that's turning into a birdie fest. So, yeah, uh, but six shots over two days—that's doable. The problem is. Scotty Scheffler keeps shooting three, four under every day. So you realistically, to gain shots on him, you, you, you've got to shoot. You know, shooting five under is nice, but you may only pick up a shot. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, you need to shoot sixty-three like Rom did, but he's going to need to do it twice more. Right. So you know, good luck. He, hey, he can do it. I'd love to see it. So it'd be, it'd be a good show. But yeah, we're back to the point where. We should look up what, what would the standing, standing speed right now without the head start. It, it would be a heck of a tournament. Exactly. We'd it's, be it's, pretty excited about it. And as it is, it's you know it's still interesting, but it's only a couple of guys really in the mix. Right. And, uh, you have a guy. You have a guy like Max Homa. Perfect example, right? Shoot seventy-one the first day. Shoot sixty-two yesterday. I mean, that guy was on fire. And you're thinking, you know, you keep looking at the leaderboard going, okay, okay, you know, like, where is he? And it's like, oh, he's still got miles to go to uh, to get that done. As from a player standpoint, it's kind of fun to have a challenge in front of you going out there knowing, oh, I'm, ex- this, I'm this much behind. It's like it makes you kind of focus better and play harder, and it's, it's fun to have uh, some obstacles thrown in your way. I'm using the word fun loosely, but I think players respond to that. Absolutely. The problem is, the reality is, you look at Max Home, you shoot 62, and you know how much how much ground he only he only picked up uh, what four shots. Four on. shots, yeah. You know, so that's the problem. It's it's not your regular tournament, and 
I think they'll still keep tinkering with it. I don't know. But I, I would I would like to see the guys in the Tour Championship start dead even and play for the money from there. I'm right. Can you believe 10th place is worth a million dollars? How about that? Yeah. I think they can afford to have this be a shootout, Gary, and that would be a lot of fun. We'll definitely see uh, more developments this week, even though the wraparound season technically ends and we put it to bed. I'm happy about that, Gary, as we'll start brand new with a, with a calendar season in 2023. Uh, the next what, what, was your, what was your favorite tournament of this whole season? Which one did you like the most that you thought was the most fun to watch? Oh, turn the tables on me here. I got to say, and partially because I was there, the U.S. Open at the I Country thought that, Club. I thought Saturday and Sunday were so gripping both days, and that doesn't usually happen. Yeah, I, 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 was, that's, I didn't think you'd say that because that's mine. I, I would pick the U.S. Open. That was incredible. That finish at the Open Championship at St. Andrews was good, but Saturday and Sunday at Brookline, the, I couldn't quit watching. It was great. Th- those last last shots on 18 and one half turn of the golf ball for a playoff doesn't get any better than that. Well, Scotty Scheffler made a run and took the lead Saturday, and you're thinking, wow, this guy's going to win a couple of three or four majors this year. And then he doubled bogeys the par 3 11th hole on Saturday and kind of backed up. And then Fitzpatrick, who was my pick to win because he won the hand there. Yeah, all of those all those things happened. There was, it was just uh, that's the way – that was one of the best U.S. Opens in a long time. So good, good call by you. And with that, some kudos from Gary Van Sickle. I will – Say goodbye, my friend, and thank you so much for your time. And all right, I'm going to throw you a softball. Who are you going to pick to win Sunday? That 18 million. I'm only going to pick against Scotty Scheffler because I have I have wagered on Shoffler this week, so I have a minor rooting interest in Xander. He plays this course so well, so I'm going to pick Xander. But I don't I don't know about. It's hard to beat hard to beat Scotty Scheffler when he's playing well. So we'll see. All I'm right. picking Xander. Well, it could turn into a shootout of a different type, perhaps a, a match play shootout coming down the stretch on Sunday. For the ultimate prize, the FedEx Cup, the big bucks. And that's why we talk to you, Gary Van Sickle. Working hard and hardly working. Take care, my friend. Thank you.